Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome to You Made Me Watch, the podcast where my wife, Allison, and I, I'm Mike Bobbitt, we make each other watch movies the other has never seen before. We are ten and a half years apart, so the movies <laughs> we grew up with are vastly different. Yes. This week, Allison made me watch Flubber. <laughs> I did. The Robin Williams version. Well, I guess the original was called Absent-Minded Professor. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. Made you watch it. Did it hold up for you? I think so. So I saw this in the theater with two of my friends. Um, and I remember the theater was packed. Like we had to sit in the front row and kind of like lean back to watch the entire movie. This movie was hyped up really hard. There was a ton of marketing for it. I feel like there was a lot of merch for it, but I was looking and there really isn't. I think there were Happy Meal toys. They were Happy Meal toys. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I thought that there might have been, like, a lot of just, like, toy store merch, but I don't think the movie ended up doing very well. <laughs> like, it was a pretty big flop. Yeah, because this is based on, I believe, at the time, the highest grossing, like, the original 1961 version mm -hmm. was such a huge hit that they immediately, the next year, made Son of Flubber. Yes, yes. I believe my parents both were very familiar with the absent-minded professor and um, son of flubber. So, but I didn't end up seeing it with them. And I think it was because it was 1997. So I was like 12, 13. Was it 97 when it came out? Yeah, it came out in 97. Yeah. So I was like, I was almost 15. Do you think you saw this? Because I know that you're a huge fan of the birdcage which came out the year prior. Do you think yeah. that just made you go, oh, Robin Williams is in this? I want to see it. Yes, 100%. I was very... Because um... you were 15 when this came out. Yeah. And, and I, you think... I still saw it in the theater. Do you think it, this was like marketed towards you? Because I was really trying to figure out who the fuck is this movie for? <laughs> I did not feel like it was marketed for me at all. Like we, I remember we went and saw it knowing it was going to be kind of a kids movie because it like like I said the theater was packed and it was full of families with like little kids like we were probably pretty out of place as three like teenage girls going to see it but we were all like I think I was 14 at the time like I wasn't quite 15 yet so I was like a freshman in high school going to see this and I don't know I feel like 
we were just really jazzed because we really liked Robin Williams. <laughs> okay. And I think we just thought it would be really funny because the trailer was really funny. Or the the trailer was good enough that it made me feel like it was going to be good. Yeah. In all honesty, uh, watching the trailer to put together the preview episode, I was like, oh, man, Chris McDonald, this is going to be a fun movie. It looked like really goofy. <laughs> Yeah. And um, I think I felt like Chris McDonald felt when he agreed to do this. Oh, no. And Chris McDonald had done Dutch, which uh, starred Ed O'Neill from. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. And it was written and directed by John Hughes. Then like Home Alone came out and uh, Chris McDonald was like, oh, wow. You know, way to go, John. You know, biggest comedy, whatever, you know, like. Yeah. And then. uh knew that Robin Williams was attached to this and John Hughes wrote this and uh, agreed to do this. And in all honesty, I listened to an interview and he said he had a fun time on doing Mm -hmm. this. And between takes when they were setting up, Robin Williams would freestyle rap. Oh my God, of course he would. (laughs) about everyone in the cast. (laughs) What a goof. And he was super fast. Yeah. Will Wheaton was like saying... uh, that he was so fast and dirty. You know? Of course he was. Of course he um, was. So they had a good time making this, mm-hmm. but I think Chris McDonald was thinking, oh man, this kind of reads a lot like Home Alone, where you have like the two bandits that are trying to... But what this movie doesn't have, which is why I can't figure out who it's marketed towards, no fucking kids. There's no kids in it. So here's the thing that I was waiting for the whole time. For some reason, my memory was that there was a kid in it. I was obviously very wrong because there isn't. There are. It's about a college. Yeah. The kid is Will Wheaton and he's a college student. So like there's no little kids in it. I don't know why I thought there were kids in it, but I feel like maybe Weebo made me think that there were kids in it. Oh, Weebo? You mean the little mermaid? (laughs) The little mermaid psycho robot? Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> she does one movie. It's voiced by the same woman who voiced Ariel. Yes, Jody Benson. Yeah, Jody Benson. So she does one movie where all she wants to do is be human so she can be with a human. Yes. And now she's in this movie where all she wants to do is be human so she can be, <laughs> so with, she a can human. be with a human. But she does like, and I listened to a couple podcasts and both referred to the hologram sequence this way as the Dan Aykroyd ghost blowjob oh (laughs) yeah yeah kind of i didn't realize how creepy this movie was at some points yeah until now where i was like because i have not rewatched it in years weebo is basically kathy bates of misery oh my god she's terrifying if you can't be with me you you're not gonna be with anyone i'm gonna make you forget your wedding date yeah i'm gonna hobble you (laughs) yeah like he's supposed to get married apparently three other times which okay you and I only got married to each other once. We did. If I didn't show up for the first time, would you have given me an opportunity for a second time? No. What about a third? No. What about it, a fourth, which no. is what she ultimately does? Yeah. Which he also, spoiler doesn't, alert, doesn't fucking go to. No. It's like a Zoom call. He yeah. like is on a Zoom call to his own wedding. Multitasking. Not even giving full attention to it. To, his, just, to yeah. his wife. To the woman that he supposedly loves more than anything in the world. Yeah. He can't focus enough to show up to his own wedding. And Marsha Gay Harden is really good 
even though she's given absolutely nothing of merit to do. Oh, no. All she does is just have her heart broken and look really concerned in front of a calculator. Because mm-hmm. I guess she's like in charge of the college or she's the yeah, dean. Yeah, she's like the dean or the president of the college. She's very important and a doctor. And a doctor, but... But for some reason, she's settling for... Someone who can't pay any fucking attention to yeah. her. I also... <laughs> of course, I mean, we're supposed to hate him, but Will Wheaton is... Like, he's doing a great job being awful in this. I think Will Wheaton and Chris McDonald both knew exactly what the tone of the yes. movie was supposed to be. They did, because they nailed it. Like, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. I wanted to punch Will Wheaton in the face, but that's because that's what he was supposed to do. This script's bad. It, I mean, it's no, really it's terrible. Like, it, <laughs> it's really bad. Chris McDonald's introduction is just delivering a load of exposition, so much exposition yes. that would never be delivered in a million years and could, you know, the old adage, show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like John Hughes was like, mm, but what if we just, but tell? what about less is more <laughs> or more is less because he more just, is more. He shows more up more. and he's like, hello there, Robin Williams. I'm your old partner who stole all, all your, your stuff ideas. because I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. And I made myself wealthy off of everything you have. I stole it just like I will steal your woman because I am evil. <laughs> you know, the audience is probably laughing a little bit right now. But this is like you're not even really hamming it up all that much. That's exactly no. what happens. Like almost word for word. <laughs> like even though I still enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. All of that. <laughs> like when he just shows up and he's like, yes, I steal all your ideas. But it's because you can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah. He so clearly lays out. All his, his character, plans. Robin, like every, like, this is what the movie is going to be about. I'm going to make it easier in the future for when Amazon.com has to write a review of this on the Blu-ray. <laughs> All they have to do is <laughs> copy every line of dialogue I'm about to give for the next three minutes. Yep, pretty much. Flubber is the story of an absent-minded professor <laughs> who discovers a flying rubber that he names Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> Additionally, as far as like he and Marsha Gay Harden go, I almost don't hate the idea of her ending up with him because at least he wants to give her his attention. And has ambition. Yeah. I mean, like, well, no, Robin Williams is all ambition, but like at least he has focus on human beings. Yeah. Is it lousy that he's stealing ideas? Yes, of course it is. But it's like, well, he's also again. She's a doctor and leads a college and she falls for, do you remember the bet that he makes about the basketball game? Yes. Yes. If they win, you can take me to dinner. And if my team wins, then I can take you on a weekend getaway where I'll fuck you senseless until you are- I mean, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's heads, I win, tails, you lose. You know, yeah. either way, I'm going to have oh, a yeah. either way, way with we're going to go out with each other. 
yeah, he's kind of like icky, but at least he's interested in her. Yeah. He's not so focused on himself that he can't pay any attention to her. (laughs) And then they do. I feel like they did him so dirty by making him poop the flubber out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it is so difficult to try to explain like the climax I guess, of the movie where they literally are in like a fight scene over Flubber. This is happening in the library of a mansion where they're literally <laughs> crouching tiger, hidden dragon style, bouncing off the walls, <laughs> fighting each other. And the Flubber flies into his into Chris McDonald. It's Chris McDonald, right? Yeah. Chris McDonald's mouth. And then he he's such a good actor because... He has to wiggle and writhe and pretend that Flubber is working its way through his entire body. And he is giving 110%. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then the Flubber rockets out of his butt. I don't have words for how fucking weird that is. I have three positives about the movie. (laughs) Okay. Before I continue just dumping on what a piece of shit this was. Because this really was awful. It's, I mean, I don't think it was the worst thing I've ever seen, but. No, it's not as bad as Chips. (laughs) But it's down there. Yeah, it's not great. Because I couldn't tell you three things I liked about Chips. Um, (laughs) I really liked the opening credits, the way they were done for this. It was really neat. The way that they made it look like scientific formulas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think the special effects. We're really well done. They are and hold actually. up even though they're, what, 25 years old? Yeah. 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 They actually were pretty good. Um, this came out the same year as like Titanic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you watch like shots of the ship in Titanic now, you go you like, oh, tell. that's a really nice video game cut scene. Yeah. It's... But the flubber effects, even though they didn't do anything practical, like it works. It does. It, it, they actually, I mean, I think. Part of the reason why it works so well is because it's cartoonish looking, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it, it still looks really good. Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with the acting too. Like all the actors really sell mm-hmm. the fact that they're looking at nothing and they do. imagining that it's a, a dancing green flub, flubber doing the mambo. And I really liked the casting of the villains, although I do have to say Clancy Brown and Ted Levine, as much as I think both of those actors are stellar actors, mm-hmm. they are no wet bandits. No. One thing I sort of felt is, so the wet bandits, um, Joe All, Pesci. From and, Home Alone, from Home also Alone. written by John Hughes. John Hughes. Which so, it really seems like he just wanted to repeat that formula, like, yeah, it fucking worked once. Yeah. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern have a lot of chemistry. Like, that is a big reason why that works is that they are fantastic working together. Mm-hmm. Daniel Roebuck originally cast in the Daniel Stern role. That's right. That's you know? right. I probably said that when we did Home Alone for this Maybe. podcast. Maybe. Yeah. But Clancy Brown and Ted Levine. Playing Smith and Wesson. So clever. Have no chemistry together. You know what? They're they... literally just in the same scene. It feels like most of the time. I feel like they just don't have comedic chops and that's entirely possible for as menacing as joe pesci can be in a lot of his roles Mm -hmm. it's almost like more menacing because he's just like a little guy and so disarming where i think you come in seeing 
Clancy Brown, who's a big menacing looking dude. Yeah. And Ted Levine, who plays a lot of cops and stuff. He yeah. just doesn't. And most famously, I, you know. I want to really, I feel so bad for Ted Levine that no one's able to bring him up without bringing up that one role. <laughs> And well, but he was also like he was really good in um, the Fast and the Furious, where he's the cop. yeah, yeah. You this know. is the uh, that was one of my trivia things. This is the third Ted Levine movie we've watched for the podcast. It is, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, and it's not like I can't separate him from his most famous role or anything like that. Like I can definitely. Yeah, because he doesn't look anything like that in other no. things. Like Mm-mm. when you find out that he's Stuttlemeyer from Monk, it's like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's really good at disappearing into roles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the the Buffalo Bill role was, it was a very specific look. Yeah. And he doesn't look like that naturally even, you know. Mm. So I didn't have a problem with that. I just felt like the antics between the two of you know between the two of them was not entertaining like I, yeah i just don't like i think daniel stern because you know like one of his first movies if not his first movie was chud i think he's oh, just yeah. used to like he can ham it up like and he yeah. can play broad and you know he did he's done quite a share of comedies he has and he can do and i think and like when ted levine's in something comedic He's the straight man. Like, oh, yeah. Come on, Adrian. Yeah. OCD. And I mean, technically, he's supposed to be this like a straight man in this, but for some reason, it just doesn't work. And I think part of it is, the, you know, a big part of it is the script. Like, it's just not. Yeah. It you really, can't just keep hitting them in the head with bowling balls 10,000 times. Like, I feel like when Molly Ringwald was said like ah, you know what john hughes it's kind of a weird relationship that you have with me i don't think i want to do any more of your movies i think home alone works because it's largely from the kid's point of view mm-hmm. and then also a tom and jerry cartoon basically yeah but i think john hughes was just not good at writing adults and i know that there's exceptions to this like he said she said is a good movie mm-hmm. and Dutch that I said earlier. Yeah, that's I like a really Dutch. good movie. Mm-hmm. Like he has written good roles for adults, but man, this was not one of them. <laughs> no, it almost not. makes me wonder if like early on he was hired to do a spec script for Disney. Like, hey, uh, why don't you take a stab at doing a remake of oh. Nutty Professor? And then they were like, Oh, hell yeah. We got this John Hughes script that we never did anything with. Like yeah. this does not seem like the script of a seasoned writer at all that's fair i would say that's pretty fair it doesn't follow any story structure the dialogue (laughs) like i said with the chris mcdonald stuff Mm -hmm. where he's captain exposition yeah is really bad it also seems like there's kind of too much going on like there's the rival with chris mcdonald but then there's also like the rich guy who wants to shut down the yeah that was the other uh part that i really liked raymond j barry mm-hmm. who plays will wheaton's dad yeah um <laughs> who's in charge of the thugs I, I one of the podcasts i listened to about this said so he's basically Lori laughlin <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah uh-huh. that's exactly it <laughs> yeah. um oh man that's great but i love raymond j barry because mm-hmm. 
the first time I really noticed him was on Justified, mm-hmm. where he's playing kind of like a a mountain hick, you know, oh, like okay. criminal kind of like he plays uh, Timothy Oliphant's dad, oh, okay, who's a criminal, and you know he has real twang and mm-hmm. and then realizing that he's the dad and walk hard like it should have been you That's right. yeah you know mm-hmm. i was like oh okay and then when i found out we saw him in something else where he played a really upscale guy and then i looked him up at that time and i was like oh he's from like upstate new york or something like that and then seeing him in this where I, i'm like man that guy just has range mm-hmm. yeah I'm, Apparently made his living as an artist in New York before falling into oh. acting. And you want to know who his acting teacher was? Who? William Hickey, who plays the <laughs> uncle in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's so crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. He, William Hickey was a really respected acting teacher. That's awesome. R.I.P. Yes. Despite still having a pretty good time watching this i feel like the main reason i was having a good time is because i knew you were sort of hating it (laughs) (laughs) i was like this is really funny because you're gonna be mad because really there's the two like the two separate like villain plots i think is excessive it makes it confusing but i feel like they threw it in there because they're like oh there's not enough going on with one like i don't know I don't know why they put two villain storylines in. I really hate when movies do that because I'm like, you're overcomplicating it for no reason. It really yeah. doesn't need to be that complicated. What are you, the third in a series of superhero movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're not wrong there. Yeah. So when they threw Venom, Sandman, oh, and Doc Ock. All uh, in there at the same time. Yeah. It's so unnecessary. So, you know, by the time you're kind of like okay they're all trying to steal flubber from him it's so overly complicated mm-hmm. that they're all trying to do you know to steal it together i kind of was like i don't care who fucking gets it at this point i i was a little bit sad when they killed weebo but then i was also like well she was creepy yeah she was but then she's like it's fine because jason I... lee and single white female like she was <laughs> But yeah, and then but she's also like it's fine because I downloaded myself onto your computer. How is the fact that Robin Williams created life with emotion and free will in Flubber and artificial intelligence with emotions not a big enough accomplishment to save a fucking college? That's yeah, that's a great question. I guess I didn't even think about that where it's like and he has robots all over his house, too, that are, like, cooking him dinner and, like, cleaning up. Because it starts with the Rube Goldberg machine. Which is a this clear like ripoff of Pee Wee. And Back to the Future. Yes. And a Wallace and Gromit movie. Oh, it's God. almost like they were like, hey, let's see if we can open a movie like this, but just not as good. Yeah. It really was not. <laughs> it was not good. So... He has all of these robots. Like, the fact that he's not already very famous for just his developments in robotics is very mm-hmm. interesting to me. Because how is he a fucking teacher? We see him go to one class, and he ends up in the wrong class. Yeah, he he's in the wrong realize, class. he doesn't even realize. Like, he looks past two naked people because he's in an art class. And so that means he didn't make it to his class. Correct. So... 
Yeah, he doesn't really ever seem to be teaching. How pissed off do you think all the other professors at the college are? Where they're like, you don't even show up here for your fucking class, but you're engaged to the dean. That's the only reason you get to keep your job. Yeah, absolutely. That's why she. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He's nailing the dean. So that's why he gets to keep his job. So we actually never even see him teaching a class. Hmm. We never see him as a professor really at all. In fact, he spends most of his time at his house in the basement. Mm-hmm. Like he's really never even there's like one scene where he's on campus, but it's. When he walks into the wrong class and then he stops to sit with Sarah and be like, oh, hey, babe. That's it. That's the only time you see him on campus. Yeah. Then it's it's over. I also listened to a bit of a science podcast where a scientist broke down and got mad about all the basic physics that the movie gets wrong. Like it reacts to you know, force the flubber. Like if you bounce Mm -hmm. it, it's going to bounce super high. So what is it reacting to when it shoots out of his back pocket, when he falls three stories onto his back to show Marsha Gay Harden that he like, yeah, like it's sentient, but then sometimes it's not sentient. It doesn't, it can be be, laws of physics. It can be a spray, but also it has to be in this, goopy like ball that dances it, it is it makes no sense i really don't know who like if flubber had been more of a character like the little dancing flubber they have it really there's is there's one scene yeah where there's it only does one that. scene where it's like that at the very end but that's also how the happy meal toys were marketed mm-hmm. it's like flubber doing this fun thing wearing sunglasses and flubber doing this fun thing yeah like but that it, is it's not like that just one sequence the flubber mm-hmm. mambo written mm-hmm. by danny elfman mm-hmm. oh danny elfman poor guy he's not proud of this movie. people were speculating too that the reason even though he did all the music for the movie that they highlighted that particular song was that maybe disney was going to try to make it eligible for or try to put it in the running for an oscar oh. can you imagine if we had been watching Oscar-nominated Flubber. Oh. Best original song. Well, that would have been embarrassing. I wonder what the shittiest movie to win an Oscar was in the last 25 years. I'm going to have to mm. look that up. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Because you know there has to be one for, like, best visual effects. And it's, you know. And <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Oh. Have I talked to you out of liking this movie yet? I mean, I still think it's fine, but it, it's one of those movies that... It, it really doesn't make any sense. And it's definitely not a it's so bad it's good movie. I think if you like Robin Williams, you'll think he's all right in some of this. <laughs> I feel like if you want to laugh at how ridiculous a movie is, like this is this is the one to watch. Like, I don't want to spoil your member berries, but, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> member berries? It's fair to assume that nostalgia plays a big role in it like you even remembered who you went to the movies to see this with. that's true it probably is much more of a like well i don't want to totally hate it because i you know i'm remembering like a yeah. time with old friends yeah you hung out with allison moore and someone else danielle helland okay yeah yeah but yeah like i remember i remember like having a nice time with them like we would go to the movies a lot so well i did a little bit of work ahead of time <laughs> i asked joe 
uh, because Clancy Brown does a lot of voiceovers, mm-hmm. and I know he worked on did voices in Golan the Insatiable that Joe worked on, I believe, or maybe just Axel worked on it. I, I can't remember if they both did or not. But so I asked Joe if he ever worked with him and if he had any information. Uh, he didn't, but I did read that uh, Clancy Brown is a super, super nice guy. Oh, like, nice. A girl played his daughter in a movie and ended up um, having a, a health condition, and he raised so much money Aww. to get her medical help. That's and, very uh, sweet. Yeah, from everything I've heard, he's just a really nice guy. Oh, that's and great. does tons of voiceover stuff, a lot of Star Wars stuff, too. He was mm-hmm. in Mandalorian. I think Ted Levine should be allowed to do like voiceover cartoon stuff. Absolutely. I want Ted Levine to voice the next Garfield. <laughs> hey, hey, John. That oh, actually makes on, more yeah. sense to me than Bill Murray. Uh, I hate Mondays. I feel like I can see a Gar, uh, Ted Levine Garfield way more than I can see a Bill Murray Garfield. You see normal? Is she a great big fat kit? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing Joe said was the original is a hundred times better. I believe it. Uh, the original uh, starred Fred McMurray. He was named the first Disney legend. And I think like 1986 or something like mm-hmm. that. And it immediately sparked a sequel, Son of Flubber. And Hasbro decided marketing opportunity. So they marketed a Silly Putty-like product called Flubber. Oh, no. That they said was totally safe. <laughs> was you, it? Do you like where this story's oh, about no. to go? Oh, God. Uh, it started causing rashes and sore throats in children who played with it oh my god so the fda did a study on it and they were like okay there's something unknown in this that is causing an allergic reaction to hair follicles so it got recalled hasbro tried to burn it in a big dump and all it did was produce an oily black cloud that hung over Rhode Island for days and they're like okay so we can't burn this shit let's take it out into the ocean and just dump it so they had the Coast Guard do that and they you know submerged it really deep and it came floating back (laughs) oh my god so eventually they just said well fuck it let's uh we just have to put it in a landfill and there's an urban legend that on hot days, Hasbro employees can still see some flubber coming up from the cracks in the parking lot. Oh, my God. I think that makes a much more interesting story. That is a much more interesting story. That's hilarious. Yeah. And Son of Flubber was Paul Lynn's movie debut. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like Paul Lynn for the center square? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smells like pussy in here. Oh, my. I think. I think. (laughs) And then Nancy Olsen, who played the female lead in the original, plays the Ford secretary in this remake. Yes. So I thought that was a really nice nod to her. That's cool. Yeah. And then I know anytime Chris McDonald comes up, I have to mention that he and I are co-stars in the short film, You Got to Be Kidding. Yes. In fact, if you look on IMDb, I'm top billed only because it is billed alphabetically. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. 
Marsha Gay Harden has a movie coming out uh, next month called Gigi and Nate about a capuchin monkey who helps her quadriplegic son. And it looks like the uh, sad schmaltz that I love and you hate. So, Okay. Well, yeah. then I guess you can go see it. Well, probably not, but I'll watch it when it's streaming. Okay. Yeah, this movie was garbage. I mean, there were aspects of it that I would... If you made a, like a horror movie about a horny robot, oh, mm-hmm. I would be totally into that. <laughs> you would be into a movie about a horny robot? Yeah, if you made a movie, like a horror movie about Weebo, like a horror movie about that character. I know, I feel like we kind of saw like something sort of like that when we watched X, but it was just a horny old lady. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I want to write... DJ and I wrote a horror, DJ Dangler and I wrote a horror comedy called No Pets mm-hmm. that got turned into a short film for an anthology horror thing that I can't remember the name of. Yeah, it's okay. But um, it didn't turn out very similar to what we wrote at no. all. But I just came up with an idea. Oh, no. Partially based on something that DJ wrote that I can't go into specifics on the podcast yet because he's going to make this. Mm-hmm. But... uh. I want to make a horror movie about a horny sentient toaster. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. Like every you... time the, a guy keeps sticking his dick in and it keeps burning him and he, the toaster's like, oh come on baby. Try it again tomorrow. I promise I won't burn you. I'm and the guy so... just can't learn his lesson. I'm so upset with you right now. How could you? If I told you Hey, Allison, I found a five-minute horror comedy short called Horny Toaster. How quickly would you put down your phone and say, okay, let's watch? I would probably roll my eyes first, but I would still watch it. Yeah. I am not sorry that you hated this because I think we need to get back on the making one another watch movies. All right. Be careful what you wish for because I know know what's coming up next. I know. And I'm nervous because I don't know. All right. Well, that was Flubber. and uh, (laughs) It's on Disney Plus. And it can bounce on out of here because I never want to see it again. Oh, I want to get you the Criterion Collection. They don't have one of those. No, 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 no. There are like uh, 35 years between... The original and the remake, and there's been 25 years between this one and now. So in 10 years, we can have a remake, and maybe they can do it better. Oh, I bet it'll be worse. Well, like, they're just only going to get worse and worse. Nothing will ever compete with the original. Yeah, when it comes out, though, like, you're going to be my age, and I can tell you right now, everything's bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like anything. Oh, you like some stuff. I mean, I tolerate some stuff. Wow. I don't like anything new. You like some stuff that's new. Not our, much. Our son. That's it. <laughs> our son is the only thing that came out in the last five years <laughs> that I really enjoyed. And you're like, this is great. I like yeah. this one. Yeah. Well, hopefully you feel that way about the next one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. God. All right. Well, sorry, not sorry. I love you forever. I love you too, in spite of this. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know if anybody else saw this movie. Yeah, does anyone else have fond memories of this? Because I can't see how. (laughs) 
I yeah, I'm genuinely curious. Like I don't really hear people talk about this movie at all, so I'm just wondering, like, did anybody else see this movie and like what were your thoughts? The only thing I can figure is that when you and your two friends went to see this, some senior in high school that was really handsome just kind of looked over his shoulder to check you guys out and you guys were all giddy about that in the movie theater. So you were just like, everything today is good because there's no way you enjoyed this movie at 15 years old. I seem to remember my mom asking me what how how it was and I was like, it was fine. Like, I definitely wasn't like, I need to watch it again. Like, I didn't. You have a flubber tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell everybody. Uh, all right. right. Well, join us on our Facebook group. Follow us on Instagram. Leave a comment. Yeah, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend. Yes. Uh, smash that like button. Oh, my God. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Bye.